When you think of trees, you think long term. And when you think long term trees, you think of the oak, our national tree, which some people say takes 350 years growing, 350 years living and 350 years dying. Only 2.7% of the Irish trees are oak. Sitka spruce is the most common at 51.1%. So it was nice to meet Jared Daly, who farms in Cullina, and to see his forest of oak trees. We're looking at a, an oak plantation here. Uh, it was established in 1999, established by Quilche from a greenfield site. And the process was we brought in a, a track machine, opened up drains at seven metre intervals. And the reason for the drains were to let the surface water flow away. And when the drains were being opened, the, the HIMAC took out, the bucket took out a mound of clay. Uh, each bucket was placed a uh, uniform fashion across the site and that's where the trees were planted, on top of that mound of clay. The trees that were planted on those mounds were roughly, maybe say, 60 centimetres tall, that's roughly two feet. And on top of the mound, that gave them another foot, so they're away from vegetation. Um, but vegetation grows very, very quickly, so... What we had to watch out for initially was, and it was a, a pleasant enough job, we just walked through the trees and anywhere a tree was, was compromised by vegetation, you just walked down the vegetation. And I did that over the first couple of years. And when it was planted, it was planted with a, a Scots pine mix. Every second row was a row of Scots pine. And the reason for that being the Scots pine acts as a nurse crop. But eventually then... Uh, the Scots pine has to be taken out because it probably grows a little, and you can see one here, it grows a little bit quicker than the oak and it can uh, inhibit the oak from growing. Okay, and tell me, the nurse, a nurse crop then, like, so what do you mean by that? Well, when you grow an oak tree, uh, by its nature, it tends to be bushy. And if you have a row of Scots pine on either side, uh, growing a little quicker, it protects it from... Uh, frost and wind and, and all the elements and also it forces it to develop a, a straight leader and it grows for the, for the light and it, and it encourages it to grow straight and it discourages it from putting on too many side branches and that's basically the reason for the nurse crop. Okay. And you want to have, like I suppose the aim is to have one big thick trunk is that it yeah uh, eventually yes yeah uh, the aim is to have a good straight uh, trunk of a tree and we are trying to get a stem of a tree roughly around six meters maybe roughly 20 20 feet tall and why did you decide to to grow the oak in the first place then well uh, we planted trees initially in 1995 and i was working full-time and we have a small bit of land here and i felt maybe uh I needed to go in a bit different direction maybe and trees was one of the options mm. and I had a bit of an interest in the environment and nature so I opted for trees so initially we planted some Norway spruce, uh, some ash and then in 1999 we planted the oak here okay. uh, but uh, really I felt that um, I needed a bit of an income, extra income stream and uh, I felt the, the grants were reasonably generous at that stage and it helped out with the, with the, the, the viability of the overall setup here. Yeah. That was, that was, they were the main reasons. Yeah. 
and it was only in recent past in the last couple of months that um, Future Forest there, uh, Brian Fitzgerald was the chap's name, who rang me one day and said there might be a bit of potential for uh, oak for uh, stairs for making barrels. So that's why we're that gets us to this stage. Did you know that oak is the wood used to make barrels for holding whiskey in as it matures? Maybe you did, but did you know this? If you look at a technical file for Irish whiskey, you actually can use other woods. For Scotch whiskey, the technical file specifies oak, but for Irish whiskey, no, we can use other woods. So there are experiments ongoing in that area at the moment. Now, it has to come with a caveat. There is a reason why we're using oak after thousands of years of our forefathers experimenting. Oak was chosen for a reason, because they work and the grain is tight. This is Bernard Walsh, founder and managing director of Walsh Whiskey, who own Writer's Tears and The Irishman. His journey in the whiskey business began in 1999. We started back in 1999, uh, which is yeah, what, almost 22, 22 years of my life. It's a, it's a long time. But in the world of whiskey, 22 years is nothing. It takes a long time to make a good whiskey. And if you start back at the raw material, let's let's take the whole growing cycle, growing the barley, malting, then distilling, then laying it down. Whiskey has to be in barrel for a minimum three years to be called an Irish whiskey. Many of our whiskies are aged much more than three years. You know, we have a, a 12-year-old here, a 17-year-old whiskies. It's a, it's a lot of our life laying down stock. And if you, and, you know, I suppose if you are spending that time laying it down, all important you know the barrel the barrel is going to give so much flavor to the whiskey Uh, it really is important to get that right but these barrels are usually made from oak that grew in america or certain parts of europe and in the case of whiskey they'll have been used first for maturing bourbon the technical file around bourbon states that you can only use the barrel once so then the irish the scots and many others will import the, the barrels once used for bourbon, we'll take them in and uh, then we will fill them with our Irish whiskey and let them mature. So that would be the bread and butter, if you like, barrel that's used in the, in the industry. It wasn't always that uh, way. Back in the 1700s, sherry butts, wine barrels, European oak, European barrels are very much in demand. Unfortunately, in the 1860s and onwards, a blight took hold uh, in the vineyards of Europe and decimated the, the winemaking region for you know decades, really. Mm. And that saw a shift to North America and sourcing uh, the bourbon barrel and bringing it back here to Europe. And in recognition of the fact that everything changes and nothing stays the same forever, what would be the chances that whiskey could mature in non-bourbon barrels? Typically... In the whiskey industry, we use used barrels because we are not only just interested in the wood, but we're also interested in what what has been housed in that wood. So if it was a bourbon, if it was a sherry, if it was a port, because they help to color and influence the taste. So that's really important. If we use a virgin oak barrel, as the Americans would for bourbon, they use virgin oak barrels you will get a, and I don't know if you can picture tasting a bourbon, but that, you know, a very spicy whiskey, um, almost aggressive at times. And that, because you're getting all those fresh tannins from the wood. Okay. So yes, it's nice to have maybe expressions of whiskey with 
very spicy notes and lots of tannin and we will work with virgin oak casks so it's a finish that we do so there's room for the virgin oak but also it's very important to note the tradition of using x wine casks x uh, bourbon casks so virgin oak barrels are used in the whiskey industry in fact virgin irish oak has been used for barrels in middleton distillery and that oak came from Kilkenny trees. Could this be a new business venture for Irish forest owners? Unfortunately, in Ireland, we don't have many oak forests, whereas in France and Spain, they still have significant forests, oak forests, and the harvesting has been consistent and the, the sustainability of that industry has been, I suppose, underpinned by constant replanting over centuries. Mm. And this is where, you know, we need to take a look at the opportunity here. But also, this this is a long-term business. It's a long-term game. Plant now for, you know, the next century. Let's look long. And and it's hugely rewarding. In, In the meantime, you've got these wonderful forests. And we are, you know, putting something down for many generations to come. Ger Daly is hoping some of his oaks could be used in making barrels. The Independent Stave Company could sound a positive note for him and others in this regard. Audrey Gleeson is from the Independent Stave Company. So we will import bourbon barrels from the States, um, from a variety of bourbon manufacturers over there. The barrels arrive into Ireland and we'll check them for defects, perhaps a cracked stave, maybe a bad hoop, a bad head. We'll inspect, repair and service those barrels and sell them on out to the Irish whisky community. So the whisky will mature and age in those barrels and particular interest to us would be the use, potential use of Irish oak going forward. So the there are distillers out there who will mature their product in a bourbon barrel and then may finish it in in another barrel type to bring a different flavour, different note, different interest to their whisky. And that's where the potential for Irish oak will grow. There are certainly are a huge amount of craft whisky distillers out there who are interested in quality and interested in new taste notes to bring to their product which obviously makes that very interesting for us and we'd love to share that journey with them and that's the position we'd like to take with the Irish community help them make better and great Irish whiskey. With Irish Oak in mind we reached out to Tyg Dooley in Forestry Services Limited here in Ireland to source some Irish Oak and he was kind enough to bring us to visit um, two forest plantations we need 50 plus centimeters um, to a maximum of 80 centimeters for the product that we would like to get out of that and you need six cubic meters of usable tree product to produce maybe 50 barrels so it's exciting to be part of an industry that is evolving and moving in potentially a new direction and bringing a new taste to a new customer And in the meantime, while the oak trees grow and mature for their possible role as whisky barrels, the Coopers are reclaiming their role here in Ireland. A trade that had all but been wiped out is now starting to develop once more. Ian Leonard is a Cooper at Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ireland, a cooperage which only opened in September this year. 
So currently right now we have uh, three employees including myself um, but we'll be looking on that to grow uh, quite vastly over the next few months. We're just getting off the ground but currently yeah we've uh, a lot going on. So we, we buy in barrels from America, we will then um, we'll put them through our process to make them what we call a select barrel. Uh, so we'll bring it in first, it will come in off a container, we then bring them to a testing station where we put in a couple of litres of water and then uh, apply air pressure. Check it for leaks. Uh, if it's leak proof, it goes down the line and is palletized and ready for delivering. If there's leaks, uh, it's put down a different line and sent to our coopers. Our coopers will then evaluate what the problems are and fix accordingly. Um, then they'll be sent through a process where we steam the barrels and uh, we'll test them again before they're sent off ready to go. And are the hoops like an important part of it? Uh, the hoops are very important. So there's only two things that holds our barrel together. Uh, the pressure of the hoops and we also use river rush or flag as we call it around in our joints and uh, around our head. So they're the only two things that keeps our barrel watertight. Rush. rush, river rush. So you can see the piles of them here. So when they go into our joints and into our, uh, our crows, as we call it, what our head sits into, they expand when the liquid touches them. So if there's any little gaps, they fill the gap and uh, yeah, they'll stop any leaks. Oh wow! Yeah. And are they all around the inside then? Or yes. At, at so inter- as you can see here, so this is the one I replaced. I've flagged either joint either side. Mm-hmm. So I first jointed uh, the two staves either side of the replacement stave. Uh, When I put it into place, I'll uh, tin out a flag, so I'll split it in half and kind of take all the inside out. Put it down in through my joints. Mm. I'll tighten up my barrel a small bit and then I'll put a full one around the, the crows there. The terms are really um, unusual for me. I've never heard of all the terms, a lot of them obviously. Yes, uh, so it's a really old trade. Um, I've been taught the Scottish way, so I do have an awful lot of the Scottish terms. The names of my tools, uh, stuff like that, an awful lot of vocabulary comes from the Scottish terms. You get an awful lot of the old school coopers who actually make their own tools. So what he's looking for there is called a kinchin iron. So that, that helps us get our flags in place in the ends. Um, but mine was actually made by my old master cooper out of an old hoop and he melted some lead and put it in for weight. Yeah. So you learned an awful lot from him? Yes, I uh, learned an unbelievable amount. He was like a second father to me really. Yeah, a lot of life lessons. <laughs> so one, one thing my master cooper used to always say, and an awful lot of people won't like this, is it's actually an insult to call us a carpenter. Um, everything we do is by eye, there's no specific measurements. People often come in and say, well, how do you know what angle to put it at? We know by the feel of it. Uh, so uh, when we're replacing our wood, we'll bring it to our planer and we'll joint it. But you basically feel for the angle when you're on the table. There's, there's nothing exact about it. It's all just kind of, you feel it. Um, and one, one thing you always said is, if it looks wrong, it is wrong. <laughs> Ian is probably one of less than 10 coopers in Ireland at the moment. Angirond is another. He's from France and is head cooper with Tullamore Dew Distillery. He's training two apprentices there at the moment and I first chat to him about the merits of oak. The oak trees is really like the perfect wood for, uh, for cask because it's very, very tough. The wood can last for uh, half a century uh, almost. It will bring good flavors to the spirit and 
Uh, I think some years ago, Middleton did a, a finish in, did a maturation in uh, Irish Oak. It's not something so popular because I don't think it's a big production of Irish Oak, which is a pity because it, it could bring like a good identity to the to the Irish whiskey. The feedback were were were, were good for for this for this whiskey. So I'm pretty sure there is something we can work on here uh, in terms of developing the Irish woodlands and growing Irish uh, oak for either the whiskey industry or even the wine industry. That all depends. I mean, that's just depending on what the people want to do and what the market wants. Because now uh, we are more using a lot of uh, American oak. That's what we're using the most. And I'm not sure the the Irish industry would, you know, want to fully give it up to to produce its own uh, its own cask. You would need a lot of cask, a lot of wood as well, or the amount of cask the Irish industry is, is using. But yeah, it's something we could definitely look at. And they're called staves. How are they cut then from the tree? Is there a special way in which that's done? So the wood, the oak we're using for barrels are grows especially for casks. Okay. Uh, they are, we're trying to grow them in a very long and high trees so that the grain of the wood is straight and there's not too many knots on the, on the wood. So when the tree reaches maturation, you, it would be, you know, select, selected. Okay. And, uh, it will be cut into smaller uh, sections, around uh, one meter sections, and then either it's split or sewn uh, into staves. Like we are sewing and cutting into quarters. So when you look at the at the trunk from above, so you have a, a round, and we are trying to cut from the center to the to the um, to the exterior. So in quarters, that's how we uh, we cut the wood for 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 bowls. Yeah. So you're here now then for four years. You're committed to teaching Stay the island. apprentices and yeah. So my my idea is, I mean, that's less strictly personal, is uh, see at the moment all the apprentices, they are under the Trade Federation of Scotland, mm. Scottish Trade Federation of Coopers. And my idea, not, nothing much official, everything is just like uh, Hurley talks about creating an Irish Trade Federation We'll need a lot of coopers in in Ireland. Can, you can imagine that how many distilleries open uh, in the last years, and can you you can imagine now how many casks will be needed and how many repairs will be needed in the in the country. At the moment, we just cannot we are not enough coopers to provide a full service. So a lot of those casks needs to be sent to Scotland, for example. The idea would be yeah to 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 see Ireland more in control of of its uh, casks be like self-sufficient in, in Cooper so like everything we need to be that needs to be repaired will be done in Ireland uh, we'll have our own system of apprenticeship uh, that's that's the idea I would like to see in Ireland I'm not sure it will ever happen I think it's the right time for the industry to you know prove it is serious and it, it gives a, a good place to Coopers the Irish whiskey was pretty pretty almost gone uh, for some time now it's like it's going back now. It's like booming. So, coopers are part of the whiskey industry. It's like there's no other way around. We need coopers because you don't want to lose your whiskey. Uh, I'm pretty sure all the distillers around Ireland don't want to see their the spirits going down to the drain. So, if they want to keep as much as 
as possible. They, they'll need the coopers to have a look at their barrel. And maybe they'll consider the option of using Irish oak barrels, grown by Irish forest owners like Ger, who is grateful for the support he's received so far on his forestry journey. And it's something he'd recommend to others. It would have to suit a particular farmer's setup, but I would encourage farmers, maybe in light of our current plight, I suppose, with the environment, uh, there's no harm in planting some trees for shelter and for a bit of biodiversity. The premiums come in very handy and it is a very pleasant place to work. And as you get on in life, you're, you're, you're drawn to it more. And that's what I find. And yeah, we got very good help. I'll use the help we got from Quilta originally. And then Chagas are always available. And now uh, Future Forest, um, Brian McCarwick and Ty Dooley and the boys are very, very helpful. And they were the people who, who have uh, created this initiative uh, regarding the barrels. So I'd acknowledge all of that help. Here's an interesting fact about trees. The door of Westminster Abbey in London is made of oak and is over 900 years old and was put in place during the reign of Edward the Confessor. It is made from one single tree and is six and a half feet high and four feet wide. There is rather an unpleasant legend about this door too, which said that it was once covered in the skin of a punished man, but tests now show that the skin is in fact cowhide. Trees from seed to sawdust is funded by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine as part of the Woodland Support Project.